Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophets Speak. This is Jonah, chapter 3, Yonah, Perak Gimel. And this is Saul Weinreb, the host of your podcast. We ended chapter 2 with the event of Yonah uh, being spit out by the whale because God instructed him to do so uh, on the shore. Note, most notably, we mentioned that despite all of Yonah's travails and his prayers that we read about that he said from the sea and from the belly of the fish, Yonah never said that he was going to go to fulfill God's command to go to Nineveh and ask them to repent and mend their ways. So, therefore, this next chapter starts, The word of God to Yonah a second time was as follows. This is confirms that which we just stated, that Yonah needed another command. Now this time, presumably because of what he had just went through, he saw even attempting to have himself killed rather than fulfill the mission, God managed to save him anyway. So he knew there would be no way for him to not fulfill God's wishes. So therefore, he did what we're about to read. Kum lech, God says, what should you do? Get up and go, El Ninve Ha'ir Hagidolah, to Ninveh, the great big city, Ukira Eleha, and call out to her at Hakiriah the command, Asher Anochi Dover Elecha, that command which I am going to tell you. So I'm going to tell you what to say. This is different because last time God said, Go to Ninveh because their evil ways has come before me because I see their evil ways. Now he's saying, just go and do what I tell you to do. Vayakam Yonah. This time Yonah got up and went, like we said before. This time he realized that resistance is futile. Therefore, he said, I am going to go. And he did what God said. And he went to the city of Ninveh as God had told him. And the city of Ninveh it was a great city to God. Um, what the meaning of this, what does it mean a great city to God? I'll just mention really three different ways to approach this. Um, one is quoted in the name of Ibn Ezra that it's a great city to God, meaning they were a city that had within it, they originally knew and understood the concept of God and monotheism and they weren't idol worshippers to begin with. Another way of understanding this is meaning it is a great city and therefore it was important to God which kind of jives with what we're going to see in the next chapter um, where God says how important the city is to him because it's so big or it can also be so that would be the explanation of Ibn Ezra and the Abarbanel it was the second one and the, um, the third uh, w- w- approach by the Radak is the approach that it's a great city to God. It's just a way of saying that something is great and big. As we see many times, uh, verses they call something Harael, the mountains of God, just in a way to emphasize how grand and how large and how, and how impressive that, that, that particular thing is. Either way, Ninveh is a great city to God, Mahalach Shiloshet Yomim. Personally, I'm going to go with the city that is therefore important to God, 
which is very much consistent with what we're going to see in the fourth chapter. And it is such a large city that is Mahalach Shaloshet Yomim. It would take three days to walk from one end to the other. So Vayochel Yona Lavo Be'ir. And Yona started to come into the city. So he entered the city and he started his sojourn into the city. Mahalach Yom Echad. He walked one day's worth of walking through the city. So he's like about a third of his way in and now he's in the middle. The middle third. Vayikra Vayomar. And he calls out and he says, Note. God told Yonah to say the things that God will tell him to say. We do not have a statement here, and God told Yonah to say as follows, and then Yonah said. All we have is a statement here that says, and Yonah said as follows, which could mean one of two things. It could be that it is left out. In other words, we should just infer from the fact that Yonah said it, that he was saying what God said. Or it could be that this is another example of Yonah's refusal to say what God wanted him to say, and therefore he decided to say what he wanted on his own. You can choose which one of these paths you would like to take. I don't know the answer. <coughs> but <coughs> from the verse, it leaves that open. Because now Yona calls out, Ode Arboim Yom, in another 40 days, Nineveh And Nineveh will be turned upside down. Um, this is very similar language to Mahapechat Sedom Va'amorah, as the Torah uses the language regarding Sedom, Sodom, and Amorah, or Gemorah, the way it's pronounced sometimes in English, that Ninveh will be Nehepachet, it will be flipped upside down, utter destruction upon Ninveh. It doesn't say clearly that Yonah um, is telling the city, you have to repent, or you have to mend your ways, or else Ninveh will be turned. He just says Ninveh will be turned upside down. Most likely, the explanation why Yonah said it this way is because he simply was hoping that if he told them, repent, or else something bad will happen, then they might repent. And Yonah did not want them to, which we'll see again in the next chapter 4. Yonah wanted the city to be destroyed, or at least that they shouldn't uh, return from their evil ways. Now, um, so therefore, he, did, he just made a prediction. The people themselves understood differently. And remarkably, the next verse, The people of Nineveh had faith in God. They trusted God. And they understood that Yonah was bringing them a message from God. And they called for fasting. And they clothed themselves in sackcloth from the great ones among them to the, to the lowly ones among them, the highest classes of society to the lowest classes, everyone started to fast. Of course, this was brought to the attention of the king of Nineveh, that the people were fasting and crying, and he got up from his throne, and he took off his royal cloak um, instead, and he replaced it, and he replaced it with, sackcloth and he sat in the ashes and he cried out I'm sorry and he had cried out he had the message cried out to Nineveh within the city of Nineveh from the uh, decree of the king and his noblemen saying as follows all humans and all animals the cattle and the sheep, al uma, do not let them eat a thing. Al yiru, do not even let them pasture umayim al yishtu, and don't even drink water. This will stimulate people to cry out to God. 
why the animals will get a little hint in the next verse 8 by Yitkasus Akim and the people got dressed in sackcloth apparently they threw sack on, on the animals too so the animals should have pain by and they called out to God in a strong powerful way and the people all repented they turned around they turned back from their evil ways and they returned around from the chamas, which was in their hands. This term chamas is, is, is we find both in regards to the mabel, um, the flood at the time of Noah, of Noah, and we also find it at the time of the destruction of Sodom, Sodom, that the thing that God hated the most, the thing that sealed the decree, so to speak, of destruction was chamas. Chamas is 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 when unjustly someone abuses his or her power and takes things away from others. When you have a society where people can abuse their power and thereby deprive others of what should justly be theirs, that's Hamas. So the people turn from their evil ways and and turn... I'm sorry, this was the, the king commanding that people should fast and should cry out to God and should change their evil ways and should give back from the Hamas that they have in their hands to give back to the people that should justly have it. Miodea Yoshuv says in verse 9, who knows, maybe he will change his mind and God will, will, will have mercy upon us and he will change his mind from his anger and we will not be destroyed. And if the people listened, they did this. Now, I, w- I said that the, the animals, obviously it makes one wonder, why would they have the animals not eat or drink? The idea being, it seems that if the animals will also cry out, that's why he said, that the animals and the human beings will then cry out to God in their pain. And God will then see, it would seem, that not only will the human beings be destroyed, but so will the animals, and God will have mercy on the humans and the animals and not destroy the city. And God saw their actions. As the Talmud points out, that it says here, God saw their actions. All of the crying, all of the fasting, all of the screaming, all of the, the sackcloth, all the sitting in the ashes and removing royal cloaks, that meant nothing. But when God saw their actions, he saw that they changed their ways. He saw that they took that chamas, that those items that they unjustly came to their hands and gave them back. God saw ki shavumi They changed from their evil ways. And God changed his mind. He had mercy on uh, regarding the evil that he said he was going to do below us and he did not do them. The obvious question here that is the most glaring question and that is, how is it that Yonah can give a very, very short speech, a very simple speech, and suddenly the entire city of Nineveh, the large capital city of one of the most powerful empires on earth, should suddenly change their entire ways and the entire city start to cry and, 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 and repent and change their ways and, and, and become good people, especially when one looks at it in light of books upon books upon books of prophets, Many of some, some of which we've studied already together in this podcast, and many of you have studied where the prophets repeatedly berate the people and tell the people over and over and over again to change their ways, to be good. And if they want, they want mercy from God, they need to change their ways, change their ways. And uh, it's never quite this successful, to put it mildly. 
very often it falls on deaf ears and to the extent that people ever listen it always seems so so fickle and temporary and only a few people listen what's the deal why was Jonah so successful I want to point out something else that we also saw in chapter 1 where the the sailors immediately upon Jonah's very quick speech about his God poof they all of a sudden gave up their idols and decided to worship God so I've heard various explanations you look among the commentaries you find various explanations but the um the one explanation that I heard from uh, Rabbi Yeshua Bachrach, who wrote a book on on Jonah, and I heard this in uh, on, in other lectures uh, from uh, my father Rabbi Tzvi'er Schweinreb, and that is the idea that when things are so depraved, when people society gets to a point where things are just so, so, so corrupt and so, 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 so bad, people look for something, something to pull them out. And I want to add to that thought a little bit. And that is that the people of Nineveh and the sailors had never been exposed to the message of God, the message of justice, the message of reward and punishment, the message that God will treat you better if you do better, if you act better, if you be better. All they were exposed to was, if you want favors from the gods, you bring them sacrifices, you pray to them, you do this and that and so on. The message of God was something that they were completely unfamiliar with, the idea that what God wants is our actions, what God wants is us to improve. Being in a depraved situation that they were in, and Yonah, all he needed to do was expose them to the message and say, listen, what God wants is for you to be better. And that's how you'll fix the problems. That's how you'll fix the problems of your society. He doesn't want your prayers. He doesn't want your fasting. He doesn't want your sackcloth. He wants you to take that chomas, the unjustly uh, 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 obtained items, and give it back to those that deserve it. Stop being unjust. Be just. Be good. This is a message they had never, ever, ever heard before. Unfortunately, the Jewish people, who are generally the subjects of the prophets, when the prophets are, are giving rebuke and so on, they know this message. They've heard this message. It's tired. It's been going on and on and on. And what God really wants from Jonah here is to demonstrate the power of the message that the Jewish people have the power of the message, which is so powerful and should be powerful for the Jewish people too. But they had already heard it, known it, and strayed anyway, which unfortunately is human nature. But if they can see how powerful it is when other people see that message and what it means to them, then the Jewish people will be able to take it to heart as well and say, you know, we really have something beautiful here. God is going to reward us for our good actions. We should be good. And this is really the message of chapter 3. We're going to emphasize this a little bit more when we get to chapter 4. Thank you so much for paying attention and studying Jonah 3 with us. Looking forward to studying Jonah 4 together as well.